ברוכים הבויים, Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezas Hashem, the Al HaTzadikim podcast of authentic stories about authentic G'dol Yisrael that we should appreciate. Episode number six, Baruch Hashem, that we were able to do this until this stage. Today we want to talk about one of our great masters among the Rishonim. And I just want to preface over here. People might not know this, but there is such a thing in the outside world, we should never have to use this in any way, called wine appreciation. You know, not every person appreciates wine. You know, it might taste good, might not. But if you take a course in wine appreciation, they will tell you how much knowledge and genius goes into making wine. You have to choose exactly the right type of grapes, how to ferment it, how sweet it should be. And after taking that course, you might pay a lot of money for it, you will appreciate wine. Isn't that amazing? It's very important to appreciate wine. I appreciate Coca-Cola. <laughs> anyway, then there's a little bit more deeper thing. There is courses in classical music appreciation. You know, you might think that classical music is just a bunch of noise. It is. But anyway, you might not appreciate a symphony by Bach or Beethoven or Mozart. You shouldn't. But it, maybe you just don't lack, you lack the knowledge that is required to appreciate this. And they'll tell you how much work went into it and how it works in the different parts of the song and the stanzas and everything. And you might come out actually appreciating classical music. But as I said, don't. Anyway. So a lot of times there are things that are really, really awesome, let's say, apparently, and people don't appreciate them because they don't know, are not knowledgeable enough to appreciate them. Now, until now, we were talking about things that don't really deserve to be appreciated. But, but when we move to things that do deserve to be appreciated, like our authentic rabbis, sometimes we you know, we know for a fact that our rabbis are very great and very lofty and very important and amazing, but sometimes it really pays to take a appreciation course about some of our rabbis to to bring it closer to home. And today I want to talk about one of our one of the most important rabbis that were ever in Klai Yisrael, named Rashi. Now everybody knows that Rashi was you know one of the Rishonim and one and and, and the father of the Rishonim. We could say he was the grandfather of the Baliatosis, the the Benutam, and others and everything. And we all know that, but I just want to bring the idea to appreciate Rashi a little bit closer to home as to say that we should actually feel it. And the thing, and, and this I was inspired by somebody who asked me, uh, somebody who was a little bit new to Yiddishkeit, um, were there people in Rashi's times that said, well, we don't need this commentary, why, why, why is it important, and belittled it? And Rabbi Miller actually said that there were people in the times of Rashi, I think this is a safe assumption, that, you know, said, what do we need this for? It's something novel, it's uh, easily and intuitively understood. And, and Rabbi Miller calls them bums, okay? So those people were bums. Now, the, 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 the interesting thing about Rashi is we want to tie in here something that Reb Chaim Brisker said. Reb Chaim Brisker said, what are the signs, the, the, the properties of a work that was written with Ruach HaKodesh. And, and he said that 
when something is written in Ruach HaKodesh, what's going to happen is, is that if you look at it at a very, you know, um, simple level, you're going to get something out of it. You go deeper in, there's going to be more. You go deeper in, there's going to be more and more. And each door opens up to a whole bunch of other doors. It's a very, very profound idea, but it's easy to understand, okay? That is exactly what you see in Rashi. You can read Rashi, you know, very superficially, and you get something out of it. It gives you a general understanding of what you're learning. But then you can go deeper into it, and you can start really looking at nuances in Rashi's words and really appreciate them, okay? And then you might even go further and further and further. And this plays into something that I once responded to somebody, an antagonist against authentic Yiddishkeit, asked me, what is the difference between Rashi, Lahabdil, and Steinsaltz? They both made the Gemara more attainable, easy, more easy to, for everybody to attain for the regular public. Both Rashi and that's what he's taught. What's the difference between them? And, and the answer to that difference is, is picture the following uh, picture in your mind's eye. You have somebody lying on the floor. Okay, he, his, his head is about, let's say, you know, a ha um, six inches from the floor. And then you got somebody on, the, on a, uh, that's, that's 200 miles high, really high. And you want to talk to each other. There are two ways to do this. Or the tall person can lie on the floor and, you know, talk to him lying on the floor. Or he can, he can lift up the small person, put him on a pedestal, and talk to him face to face. Rashi, when we're dealing with bringing a person closer to the Gemara, uplifts a person to a, a beginning, a, a intuitive level. And, and I don't want to use the word simple, because simple in English has a very negative connotation to it. Pshat is not simple, okay? It's not... It's not, you know, when you want to insult somebody, you say he's a simpleton. That's not shot. I would call it intuitive, close to intuitive, easily understood, okay? So, so Rashi, what he's going to do, he's going to open up a door, which is going to let you get into the intuitive, easily understood commentary of what's going on. And then he's, it, it, that is going to lead to a higher level, a higher level, a higher level, and a higher level, which might not ever end. But Steinsaltz Habdel is making the Gemara rudimentary and low level, and and it's not going to take it anybody anywhere. And I don't think any people really, really advanced really far into Torah study after learning Steinsaltz. I don't think so. So that's the difference. Rashi is going to open up a door, which is going to open up to many other doors, and open to many many other doors. And let's take a look over here a little bit in, in historical aspect. The, the generation after Rashi, or generation and a half after Rashi, were the Baliatosis, and they are giving Rashi's opinion very, very, very much weight. They're not dismissing it easy. Oh, he was just an, you know, shot guy. We don't have to. They, they're, they're, they're going to be dealing with Toysis deals with Rashi all over the place. And if you look in the Ramban, the Ramban, who was a very critical individual, very critical. When he, if you look at the way he starts in his introduction to his commentary on, on Chumash, he's calling Rashi the main commentator. We're going to deal with what he has to say. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to inter, inter, interlock with him. We're going to interact with him. We're going to discuss it. You know, he does agree, disagree sometimes. That's why Terry works. But he's, you know, Rashi is the commentary to be dealt with and to use and to grow and to add on, etc., etc. And this is right, and this wasn't too long after Rashi passed away. 
Now, if, if, if somebody wants to say, Orashi in his time, in his own time, wasn't appreciated by the, the Chachamim of that generation, what happened in a generation and a half afterwards? Do you think Rashi like started giving out like you know curses? If you don't appreciate my appearance, you're gonna die. I don't think so. Do you think Rashi had a lot of money that he could you know uh, promote yeshivas to learn his peerage? I don't think so. The reason why Rashi was accepted universally as a very 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 awesome peerage because he deserved it, and he was accepted by the great chachamim of his. We know, I say, of course, of his generation, but we see that immediately afterwards by the most critical people in the world, okay? Now, every Ben Torah knows today, all you got to do is look in Pnei Yeshua. All you got to do is look in Magini Shloimo. All you got to do is look in the Maharam Lublin at the back of the Gemara. I mean, everything is going around Rashi, Rashi, Rashi. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they, the Chachma Yisrael in all the generations were, as we said, were extremely critical understood that this is big stuff and we should appreciate that and any any bentire himself whoever you know has has you know made an effort you have to make an effort can see very easy you don't have to work too hard you'll immediately see that rashi is opening a door to another door to a whole bunch of other doors to another room which in a whole bunch of other doors and i will add on also over here that the authentic mukubalim say that if you have a keen eye you can see where Rashi is alluding to very very profound Kabbalah concepts in his commentary but I don't want to have to go down that alley that's true but I don't we don't have to use that over here Rashi was accepted because he deserved it Rashi was accepted because everybody saw it was an awesome payush and you can see that yourself so we really we have to take always take a Rashi appreciation course I hope we did a little bit of that and hopefully we'll be able to take more appreciation courses of other Gadoilim as time goes on. Have a good day. The righteous and devout with love in their hearts. They lift us up when we stumble and fall. The Allah the saintly and the pure. Only Hashem knows the burden, the burden they bear for us all.